This passage, especially Philippians 4, 6, and 7, I have heard is about the most highlighted verses in the whole Bible, right? Is that your experience too? You may already have it highlighted in yours too because it, it reminds us not to be anxious but to bring everything to God and he promises God's peace for that. It's, it's interesting that, that these beautiful words of hope and thanksgiving, they're written by Paul as he sits in prison awaiting a certain death. And he writes them to the church in Philippi that either is at the time or is about to undergo great persecution. And yet he was able to say from his own personal experience, Rejoice, or in the CEB version, be glad in the Lord always. Not, not when things are good, not when the sun is shining, not when all is well. Rejoice or be glad in the Lord always. And then for emphasis, he says it again. Again, I say, rejoice. Now, this is not some prosperity gospel. You know, trust God and you're going to get that promotion or you're going to get that raise or you're going to be able to get that new house. This is an outpouring from the heart of a man whose life was changed by his experience with the resurrected Christ. He had learned the secret of thanksgiving, not because of, but in fact often in spite of his own circumstances. Sometimes I think that we fall into the, the thinking that, that our happiness is somehow dependent on how well our life seems to be going at that moment. But really, our happiness is dependent on our attitude, on how we see things and what we think about that. As Leanne uh, talked with the children, uh, coming up here on the 28th, uh, Next Thursday, not this Thursday, but the next, we're going to be having Thanksgiving, and hopefully we'll do more than share a really big meal, watch some football, and then jet out to the mall. <laughs> the Thanksgiving holiday is, for many of us, a great reset for us because it's that day of the year that our thought turns to giving thanks in a purposeful way. Um, it it comes at a great time, especially this season, because Thanksgiving is like the latest it can possibly be in November, and the very next Sunday begins a season of Advent as we then count the days until the birth of Christ at Christmas. And so Thanksgiving, for sure this year, helps us to readjust ourselves and come with Thanksgiving into the season of Advent. And God wants us, more than anything, to be grateful thankful people. Alan Perkins once said, a thankful spirit is one of the key distinguishing marks of a Christian. It sets us apart from the world. It makes us different. Psalm 118 verse 1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. The perspective of a Christian is marked, according to what Paul writes, by rejoicing, whatever your circumstances, and then by a lack of anxiety, by prayer, by thanksgiving, and by the peace of God, and by focusing our mind, our thoughts 
on what is good. There's a lot in these few verses. Pastor and author Max Lucado wrote a book that I just recently purchased called Anxious for Nothing. Isn't that a great title? Anxious for Nothing. And he wrote the whole book is sort of his exposition on these few verses in, uh, in the book of Philippians. It's really a good book. And, and in it, he talks about the rampant presence of anxiety in our lives today. And he says that anxiety disorders in the United States are reaching epidemic proportions and that every year some 50 million Americans will feel the effects of panic attacks or phobias or other kinds of anxiety disorders. Now, you might think that as Christians, somehow that just shouldn't even be in our world, that, that we would be people that would be free from worry or anxiety. But the truth is, we're not. And, and in a way, sometimes it can even make things more difficult for us. Because as Christians, what we're taught is that we should be people who are at peace. And so when we don't experience that peace, when we experience anxiety, not only do we feel anxious, we feel guilty about feeling anxious. And the result is this downward spiral of worry, then guilt, then worry, then guilt. It's enough to cause a person to get anxious. But here's the truth. Anxiety is not a sin. It is an emotion. Hear me. Anxiety is not a sin. It is an emotion. So don't feel anxious about feeling anxious. Sometimes it is a, a chemical imbalance. Sometimes it is a deeper psychological issue. Sometimes medical help is needed and can, in fact, save your life. And we also want to look at what Paul's lessons about anxiety are this morning. We have Paul sitting in prison, writing to a church, experiencing persecution, and he says, don't be anxious about anything. And he gave his method for battling the ongoing anxiety. So not just a little worry or fear that pops up from time to time, but, but he's talking about that suffocating feeling that, that all the what-ifs in life will come crashing in at any moment. That, that crippling um, state of obsessive loops in your mind that just sucks enjoyment out of life and keeps you stuck up in your head. Paul's solution for the despair of anxiety was bring all of your requests to God in your prayers and petitions along with thanks. To bring all of everything to God in prayer with petitions and thanks. You see, God is interested in us bringing everything to God in prayer. It's been beautifully put this way. There is nothing too great for God's power and nothing too small for his fatherly care. And we, we grow that through conversation, regular conversation with God. If, if you meet someone and, and it's your desire to become better friends with them, or, or you are in love with someone and your desire is to grow even more close, it's often through conversation. 
It is something about sharing ourselves with someone else that helps to grow that relationship. And it is that way of growing a relationship as well with God. It's conversation. Now, I have to, I know that for some, it, you, you, that's a desire. You want to grow in your ability to have close and constant prayer with God. And yet, you sort of find yourself going, hey, God. And then you don't know what to say. <laughs> and so there's, there's some models uh, that we find that will help us in our grow in that ability to actually share all of who we are with God. One is found in Jesus' model prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. Some people have found it helpful to just write that out and then go to God in prayer and you look at each line of the Lord's Prayer and then you, then you begin to personalize that and talk to God about whatever that brings up for you in your own life. So that's one way. Others have found it helpful to structure prayer life through what's called the ACTS prayer, A-C-T-S, ACTS prayer. And, and it's just a way to structure prayer so that, so that you feel like you can begin this conversation. So A is adoration, just praising God for who God is, for the glory of God, for his sovereignty, for the beauty of creation, um, adoration. C is confession. It's that time when you pr pour out to God those, those times and those places where you know you have not fully lived into what you know is God's best for you, a time of confession. The T stands for thanksgiving. Uh, it's a time of being specific. What are you thankful for? Lifting those to God and to say people and places and circumstances that you are thankful for. And the S is for supplication. That would be the time that, as Paul says, you bring your prayers and petitions to God, right? It's that time of being able to, to talk with God about your greatest needs and wants and those of others, the supplication. And honestly, by the time you've gone through the AC and the T, adoration, confession, and thanksgiving, you're, you're in a better place to do supplications uh, that will be in line with the will of God. Um, and, and so, because often, you know, the other... Um, thing that we fall into in our prayer life sometimes is we go, dear God, okay, today I need this, 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 and this. Help this, 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 and this. Okay, see, you. I'll talk to you again tomorrow. And so the ACTS is a way to sort of structure that, that we don't forget that at our core we are thankful people. One of the prayers of confession in our book of worship begins this way. God, we acknowledge that you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. And that is so true. But we are changed as we bring all of who we are to God in prayer and lift our prayers and petitions with thanks to God. We can look at the person of Jesus and how he modeled prayer for us throughout his ministry at times that were excruciatingly dif difficult, at times when he was tired, and yet he brought all of who he was to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father wants us to pick up that connection in prayer. God wants us to stay in contact, to share what's on our heart to develop and to maintain that relationship that can only be found through prayer. Now, how we need that connection as well, in order to keep a proper perspective on the craziness that is in our world, 
and that craziness that can become our own life as well. Paul said that the result of battling anxiety with communicating everything to God along with giving thanks, here's the payoff, he says. Then the peace of God that exceeds all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful promise. You want to live a less anxious, more peace-filled life? Start by staying in contact with God through a life that is grounded in prayer, choosing to give thanks to the giver of all good gifts. I read recently that if you own one Bible, you are fortunate because a third of the people in the world don't have access to a Bible. If you awoke this morning with more health than illness, you're more fortunate than about a million people who will not survive this week. If you've never experienced the danger of war, the loneliness of imprisonment, the agony of torture, the pangs of starvation, you're more fortunate than about 500 million people on earth. And if you have food in your refrigerator, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, $20 in your pocket, and a place to sleep, you are richer than 75% of the world. God, forgive me when I whine. And we have been blessed with the greatest gift of all, the gift of our Lord Jesus Christ, the gift that no one can take away from us, no matter our circumstances. There is always, always something to be thankful for. Paul writes, from now on, brothers and sisters, if anything is excellent and if anything is admirable, focus your thoughts on these things, all that is true, all that is holy, all that is just, all that is pure, all that is lovely, and all that is worthy of praise. You see, our lives are controlled by our thoughts. Every single action begins with a thought. Every attitude, every prejudice, every worry, every good and loving gesture, they all begin with thought. And when you think on something long and hard and frequently enough, it literally wears a, a groove in part of your brain that makes it even harder to then ever think of something differently. It is incredibly important that we learn how to discipline our mind to think about those things that we choose to think about. It is a discipline. So the challenge is to, to monitor your thoughts and to think about where your thoughts tend to go. Do you try to fill your mind with what's excellent and admirable and true and holy and just and pure and lovely or full of praise? Or do you find yourself with your thoughts moving more over to the negative? Are you more quick to move to complaining or to moving over to praise? I read a quote by Dr. Dale Robbins, and he wrote, I used to think that people complained because they have problems. But now I've come to realize that they have problems because they complain. Complaining doesn't change anything. 
It doesn't make situations any better. It amplifies frustrations. It spreads discontent and discord and can invoke an invitation for the devil to cause havoc in our lives. Complaining makes us miserable. Psalm 77.3 says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Complaining is, of course, the arch enemy of thanksgiving. The two just have trouble coexisting in the same heart. And so here's the challenge for you and for me. How long can you go without offering one complaint? Can you go a month without complaining? Can you go a week, a day? How about just this morning while we're in worship? When you're tempted to complain, to complain, how about thinking of a praise instead? It will change your life. It may help you to be less anxious, but for sure it will open up our ability to be thankful. Philippians 2.13 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. What a beautiful image. Friends, as we move toward the holiday that is Thanksgiving, let us take this opportunity to become less anxious and more grateful people. And the peace of God, which exceeds all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. May it be so. Let us pray. Gracious God, Lord, we ask that you would take our minds, that you would take our obsessive worrying, that you would take our obsessive complaining and transform them into your peace that passes all understanding, that we may dwell on things that are beautiful and pure and holy and just and worthy of praise. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.